Can I sip that wine before yeah, we start? Fucking <laughs> duh. Let's pass this bitch around. You get as much as you mm. want, girl. Cannonball's happening, all. Nobody knows though. Again, we are completely naked. (laughs) Just for future reference, we will always Always be be naked. naked. Every time you hear our voices, we got dongs and daddles and breasts and diddles and diddles. Okay. Droop and labias. Hi, welcome to Gay Today. (laughs) My name is Michael. I am a big gay man. (laughs) Wow. Um, Hey, I'm Sarah. I'm a lesbian um, with a thespian background because I'm an actor (laughs) in New York. Oh my god. Wow. Speaking of actor in New York, I went on an audition yesterday that was, it cracked my face. Wow. Fuck. My face got cracked. Cracked it up. I walked into this, by the way, I saw Seth outside. Oh, Seth. Holla, Seth. Holla, Seth. You're not listening. Fuck you, (laughs) Seth. You better listen to Seth. Fucking asshole. I went into this audition, it was a scene where a closeted man and his friend are hanging out watching porn. Mm. I've done a weird number of, a, a large number of those scenes in recent months. It's strange. But it happens, and then the other guy, like the, the guy, my character's friend is, like, they're watching porn, he decides to jerk off with some Crisco, and <laughs> under, a, under a quilt blanket. You ever done that? I used, no, not Crisco. Oh, okay, okay. Margarine, maybe. Wow. <laughs> Didn't that infect some shit? Kind of you bad, shouldn't please. have that shit around your job, yeah. right? It's, it's all chemicals, quilt, too. Like, I don't know. It should. Or would you, I mean, what? You, what, you gonna microwave a banana if peel? If I put, like, olive oil in my vagina and lubed it up, <laughs> oh. I mean, how would we all feel? I mean, would it be nice for the... Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, tell your story. I go in, and the scene ends with my character. Like, the character jerks off under the blanket, comes, leaves, and then and then it's my character. He's like, oh, that's really gross. I can't believe you just did that. And then immediately grabs the blanket and the Crisco and starts jerking it. Okay, good. I do the scene. I say my last line, I can't believe you just did that. And then I the stage direction of he grabs the blanket and Crisco and goes and jerks it's just so right, I did not do. Wow. And I, so I kind of stop, I look out to the panel, to the, to the director, and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, keep, please keep going. Oh, And I was my. like, what? You oh. want me to, what? So I was like, and I, I literally said, I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, 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 please. <laughs> so yeah, 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 please. I like, get a panic, like, just like, dude, totally normal. I just fucking grab my mind to Crisco and my grandma's quilted blanket and just start oh masturbating. In front of these strangers. How did you feel? Did it turn you on? Shameful. Oh, it was Jesus. awful. It was, it was really awful. awful. And it ended, and like I, I like finished in front of these high strangers, and they're like, "Oh, I'm really sorry. We normally tell people to go to the end before it starts, so now this is really awkward." I was like, "Yeah, homie, it's yeah. awkward, dude. I am. I just God. I just came in last front minute. Of you. Yeah, just pretended I came in front of you, like." Unexpected, unprepared. It was awful. I felt fuck, dude. I just the shit sometimes is this a thing? I'll never forget when somebody told me it was like at Actors Theater. Some visiting artist was like, 
Yeah. Oh, no, it was a visiting director. I feel like it might have been. I don't know who it was. I'm not going to call him out. But they were like, yeah, auditions, I almost don't let them happen anymore when I'm picking my actors for a show because it feels like it's probably the most humiliating thing you could possibly put a human being through. Because, <laughs> oh. like, you're, we're already, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say desperate, but, like, we're already just like, hey, it's in your work. hands, yeah, right? Like, you... Whatever, and it's just, and then you ask them to do shit like that, or like I have a, I have an audition coming up where I have a line where I need to say something like, "I want to get raped by your soldier friends while you watch," and then I have to bark and snarl like a dog on a leash. Okay, this is just your average Monday at eleven a.m. I'm gonna be doing this. Me, Dana, Monday, (laughs) Monday at noon. I'm gonna be talking about how the the best pussy is the one that's lived in the most. I mean, these are, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I'm so happy that, like, I could, I'm allowed to say things like that, or like, yeah. you know, what, but like, what <laughs> the fuck? I, I hung out with SIO the day after the election, and they're talking about, like, these auditions, and I'm like, how futile it feels. Oh, it feels so stupid. Or futile? 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 Wow, we need... Futile is the system of governance where there's serfs, right? <laughs> I don't know. Feudal, look at the feudal system. The feudal. Oh. No. Okay. Damn, but it was like, yeah, I'm just like, wow, okay. These jelly babies got me real sad. These jelly babies. I, I prefer Swedish fish. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> um, great, so, we have a very special guest. Yeah, he's a dear, dear, dear friend of the, both of ours. Um, he was uh, catch him on last week's episode um, where we just talked about the election. But now we're going to go into, like, the true history of a human being and, like, share yeah. a story that I think is very important. Yeah, a queer, a queer upbringing. Um, and a different one than most of us, I would say. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. So, we will bring him in. Jason, get in here! <laughs> Jason, you're on! Can you even hear us? I'm gonna let it run. It's on, it's boy. A... Oh. Uh-oh. Oh what are you, swilling? Oh, the talent is getting ready for his big interview. Ew, what the oh! fuck is that? He has some sort of horrible mouth guard on. He's brushing your He's teeth? He's brushing his teeth. You're whitening your teeth. Why did you choose to do that right now? You know we're about to Oh, oh my, god. my goodness. What a dumb fuck. <laughs> well, the talent is uh, currently whitening his fucking teeth. Wow. Well, there we go, folks. Look, As real, he brews coffee. Real Hopefully, peek behind the curtain. I don't know if he Because he really wants to make sure his teeth are white on on audio? Yeah, it really matters, you guys, that his teeth are really white on audio. Jason, there better be coffee that I can wash this wine down with. Oh, my God. Okay, well, my teeth are nice and white now, everybody. Yeah, just like America. So. That's right. Wow. Whoa. Oh, uh, let's get restitched. I'm going to turn the mic volume down because Jason's going to blow us Jason's out. I'm <laughs> loud, so people. Jesus. He's fucking so loud. <laughs> That's not funny. Stop. Look. Listen and you'll agree with me. Things are not what they used to be. You'll see. You say hello to Uncle Joe. Then look again and you'll find it's your Auntie Flo. So I want to know really quickly. I want you to introduce yourself. Sure. And I want your favorite flower. And I want your least favorite song and, I, and then then we'll go into you yep. okay so tell us baby boy i um uh, my name is jason speeders i'm from salt lake city utah Ooh, just jason it's too late now just my last jason. name is out there it's okay you gotta put your what's your what's your insta 
at Jason Franz. Uh, Franz is my middle name. I come from a very Dutch family. <laughs> Shout out to the Dutch. So, so if you want to follow me on the Insta, the that's J-A-Y-S-O-N. F is in Frank, R-A-N-S. I'm cutting all of this out. Oh, damn it. Um, yeah, so I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, went to school in Minnesota, where I eventually found my way to Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I met these people. Yeah. I now live in New York City. I am an actor. Hector. 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 Actor. I uh, my favorite flower is all of them. I don't know the names of very many flowers. Mm. What about a uh, something to think about. You know what I enjoy is the um a, is a nice cherry blossom. Your standard oh, cherry blossom. It's your classic steer, uh, cherry blossom, like yeah. in, in DC there. Um, I, enjoy, I think it's very pretty. My least favorite song of all time. The first thing that comes to mind sure. is uh, there's this fucking. <laughs> so I was raised LDS, and there's this hymn in the LDS church. This is so bad. Right, uh, but it, it makes me crazy. It makes a lot of members of the church actually crazy. They hate this song too. And uh, all I can think, I can't remember the name, but the melody is literally. Uh, oh, there is sunshine in my soul today. <laughs> it sounds like bad musical theater. And you've got like, you know, 80. Older LDS people in a room all singing this song, half of which can't sing. Like There's amazing. sunshine in my soul today. That's what it's called. There's sunshine in my soul today. And although the message is lovely, the song itself is just obnoxious That's as shit. Bonkers, I it hate sounds it. like old school crap musical theater. Wow. But it's um, a hymn, nonetheless. It's a hymn. I thought it would be something like, everyone gets their own planet. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> There's that, that song? Yeah, that That's one. That's a good exact song. You That's just a nailed it. It's a club um, banger. <laughs> um, all right, Jace. Well, let's just dive right in here. Yeah. Tell, so tell us more about where you're from and like your upbringing. Yeah, you say you're, you were raised LDS. Yeah. In Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City. So LDS meaning Latter-day Saint, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was raised Mormon. Um, I'm, you know, one of four kids, which is few for an LDS family. Um, two really incredible parents, three really incredible siblings. Salt Lake City is a weird place to be from. Uh, when people talk about Utah and the prevalence of Mormonism, it's not an exaggeration. It's very much a reality, and it's very strange. So much so that, like, in high school, I went to a public high school. On the high school's campus, there was a building dedicated to students who were LDS. They would be given a class period during their regular class schedule to cross the street, go to this building that's... <laughs> Kind of part of the high school campus, but technically can't be because separation of church and state. Right. But it is. What's that? What's yeah, that? Really uh, <laughs> but very much is. And South America. We would, I would have like a period on my class schedule to leave the, the high school building, go across the street to this specially sanctioned building for LDS students wow. to have an entire period dedicated to learning about some topic of the church. And it was called seminary. And uh, there was even a seminary graduation. And yes, it's the same name that like yeah, priests, priests get. They go to school to right. become a priest, right? I don't know which came first. Yes, I do. The priest situation <laughs> did. Mormonism wow. was developed in the late 1800s. Now, I've not heard it called Mormonism before. Is that a, is that a term? Mormonism? That's it, sounds actually, like a, it sounds like a disease when you call it Mormonism. It's interesting. Um, <coughs> technically, Mormon is uh, slang. It's it's like a it's a short Whoa. word that came about simply because the LDS Church employs the Book of Mormon. Okay. Um, which is the 
New Testament of Jesus Christ. So the church uh, reads and believes in the Bible, mm -hmm. the King James Version to be specific. And then in the late 1800s, the church believes that Joseph Smith, um, this young man in upstate New York, uh, was visited by God, by Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and was told that there was another record of Jesus's time on earth that hadn't been found yet, that uh, it was up to Joseph Smith to find this text translate it, and revive Jesus' uh, Jesus's church to the earth. Now, didn't right? he forget it at some point, and, like, have to redo it, but he wouldn't show people the tablets or something? Well, so, I don't know what you're talking about, okay. forgetting it, but the... Oh, like he lost it? I don't know that okay. that, that happened, Maybe. but that he could not show anybody. Right. That's another thing. He couldn't show anybody. It was sacred, and he couldn't show anybody. Okay. Um, he had one person helping him translate the text, and that was the whole thing. Um... But yeah, so Mormonism technically, people call us Mormons because of the Book of Mormon. Sure. However, the church identifies as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint. So the correct term for a member of the church is somebody who is LDS rather than somebody who is Mormon. However, uh -huh. Mormon is the colloquial. What, didn't you tell me, though, your version of this is like, it's very well possible that Joseph Smith, this young boy... I mean, this is the thing that I say... He was just wanted some attention? Tell us. No, this is the thing that I say, and, and I... It's just, I, I love, I'm just precursor, I, I think that the church is a beautiful thing, it, teach, it teaches beautiful things, um, it's very much a part of who I am today, and why I believe in honesty, and I value friendship and family, is because of the church, so I'm just going to say as a precursor. <laughs> However, this story of Joseph Smith, is it's a little funny, if you think about it, because he was 14, oh. when he's in upstate New York, and... He's got a bunch of people coming out and saying, hey, Joe, like, you should come be Catholic. Hey, Joe, you should come be Baptist. Come be... And he's like, I don't know what to do. Oh, and no. so sure. And so apparently he went out into the woods all by himself at 14 and <laughs> sure. prayed to the heavens uh, because he went to the Bible and the Bible said, if, uh, you know, asking me shall receive all that stuff. And so he went out into the woods by himself, prayed to God and said, God, I don't know what church to join? All these people are coming at me. What do I do? And it's hard to be 14. That's when it's hard, it's to, be hard to be 14. I mean, I prayed a lot at 14 for other reasons. <laughs> a lot of? I prayed, yeah, I prayed the gay away at 14. Pray that gay away. We'll uh, get into that. We'll yeah, get into sure. that. Uh, and then God and Jesus Christ presented themselves to Joe. God apparently. and Jesus Christ. They came together. Okay. Uh, two Tag separate so they tag teamed him. They tag teamed him. And they came to him and they said, hey, buddy, the reason you don't know what church to join is because it's not on the earth. So in the next, like, you know, five years, you're going to help bring Christ to church. Anyway, my whole theory is that, like, you know, he's 14, he was probably late to work yeah. or cool. something, and was like, hey, guys, like, I, I know this looks bad, but I was in the woods talking to God and Jesus, <laughs> and I've got this idea <laughs> right. that it's I'm your classic dog ate my homework. It's your classic Ferris Bueller, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ferris Bueller's it day off. And, uh, was he driving a really bitchin' car. He is driving a really bitchin' carriage, and, uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. So, Jace, I really think that your story is very, like, it's just, like, such an amazing story yeah. of, like, how you grew up Mormon, but you also were gay, and, like, how that has just, you know, formed your life. Yeah. So, I want to start with, like, when, when you realized that you were gay the beginning of, like, your family understanding this and, like, you coming out. Oh, sure. Well, can I piggyback? Yeah. Uh, are all Mormons gay? Because my experience is... I've never met a Mormon who wasn't an ex-gay Mormon. Yeah. It was not in Utah, anyway. Well, it's funny. I was going to say there that <laughs> there's a very strong prevalence of gay ex-Mormons. It's a very big thing. What is the deal? That, that's, I, it shocks me. I've it's dated gay ex-Mormons before. Yeah, there's a and lot of And they're profoundly interesting people. 
Yeah, there's a lot of us, um, and I I couldn't speak to the reason as to why. I don't think that there's anything in the culture of the church that's Um, raising. I think they foster they love music. Okay, (laughs) wow, they they foster love of music and dance. (laughs) They do, and and everyone's very close to their mothers. Yeah, they like ornate things. They are very close. They're very aesthetically pleasing. They make you wear special underwear. Gays love special underwear. Yeah, however, these special underwear, man, I mean, there's nothing gay about them. They're white, and they've got weird little X's crossed over the what? nipples. It's a whole thing. Over the nips? That's weird. Why? Because it's not... Out of pure respect am I speaking about this. Um, but yes, so I was raised... So tell me about it. Yeah, I was raised a member of the church, um, and I think I first realized I was gay... Well, it's interesting. I, it was it was upon the discovery of porn, right? Yeah. As it was for a lot of people, and I think I was, I don't know, probably, uh, I'm gonna say twelve, twelve or thirteen when I discovered internet porn. Was it like and was it like the dial-up porn, like the dee 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 dee? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, yeah. Jason's watching porn, mom can't talk on the phone. I mean, yeah, I want to say it was dial-up. I would, but it was also it was MSN Messenger time, right? So it was yeah. when that was big. So maybe a little later than twelve. What was your handle? Uh, J Dog D A W G underscore eighty six. Where did eighty six come from? I couldn't tell yet. Okay, um, <laughs> and that was at hotmail dot com. Uh, shoot me a message. Ask your account. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to me. And so I, you know, so I remember being fairly young, coming across internet porn, and there was not even a bit of me that was interested in looking at straight porn, which is so fascinating to look back on and and to realize that I just innately. Immediately went yeah, to gay porn. Like yeah. It was there was something that I was. Well, and I remember you know growing up looking at my best friend. I had one best friend, a guy, and uh, we met in the third grade. And I just remember the trajectory of our friendship. I was always looking at him with curiosity, and 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 I always thought that he was really good looking. And I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And I was pulled to him physically, and I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have any resource as a, as a young Mormon kid in terms of what those feelings were and what they meant. And mm-hmm. I didn't even have terms. I didn't yeah. understand what was going on with me. So then the discovery of porn happened. I started playing in that world for a while, which led me into chat rooms, which led me into talking to guys on the internet, which was, in retrospect, very dangerous. Um, but it's very much led me to where I am now. Uh, and so I, you know, I get to be about 14, 15. My parents come across the porn. Well, my dad actually walks in on me at one point. Oh, and, uh, oh God. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like 14. My dad walks in on me, pulls me down. He didn't know what to do. And, and again, in retrospect, I understand now that he, he just didn't know what to do. Oh yeah. The man had no tools. As a parent he get. had no tools. Yeah, right. So he you... sees what's going on. He grabs, you know, he kind of grabs me, like, takes me down the hallway, and he, I'm panicking, I'm, like, sobbing, I don't know what's going on, because I can tell my dad's upset, and he just, you know, I remember him saying something along the lines of, like, this isn't okay, um, we don't know what's going on here, but this isn't okay, this is against the church, so just don't, essentially, was what the conversation boiled down to, was just stop it, and don't think about it, and it won't be a thing anymore. And so then, you know, flash forward, I, you know, I continue to sneak around with this stuff, up until I'm in, you know, I'm in high school, and I was senior class president, and was introduced to a student body officer at one of our rival high schools, who I had heard through the grapevine had done some fooling around with the boys, and I thought he was kind of cute. And next thing I knew, I was, you know, um, 
Possibly. I was fooling around with him in his car and sneaking him into my parents' house. Whoa! <laughs> Literally, like, sneaking him in through my window Are well you window. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and having to sneak him down the hall because we always we had this, like, obsession with showering together. And so it was like, I had to, like, sneak him into my bathroom down there. It was crazy. Um, I like, wash away the sin. Wash away that sin. And so then I, you know, flash forward a little further. I graduate high school. I'm like, I'm done with this stuff. I went away for school for a year, and then I was like, I'm going to go on my mission. I moved back into my parents' house to get ready to go on my Mormon mission. For those of you who don't know, when you're LDS and you turn 19 as a man, you leave for two years to wherever the church tells you to go, and you teach the Word of Christ uh, for two years. But part of that process is you have to come clean about all your stuff. So you, so I'm 19, sitting down with a church leader, and have to tell him everything. Oh. And so I do. Oh, the, what is up with religion, like, getting in there? It's they, they have to get in yeah, there. And the there. weird thing about this situation is that this church leader was my next-door neighbor as well. Oh. And he was also a really successful mm-hmm. medical salesman uh, who lived in, like, a gorgeous mansion. Our lives were very much intertwined. And here I was, this scared 19-year-old, divulging every dark secret of myself. So you did? Oh, absolutely. Oh, because wow. I, I was convinced that I was going to be able to do away with all of this and go oh. on a mission. And the results of this conversation is what ended up leading me uh, into conversion therapy, which was mandated by, you know, it was, it was his call um, along with mine. You know, he suggested it. Of course, they weren't referring to it as conversion therapy. Mm. What did they call Um, it? Well, it's, so it's through LDS family services. They were going to sit me down with a counselor who was then going to employ texts from another organization that their focus was, and they've actually been dismantled since. Um, they're oh. called Evergreen International, and they got it, in, and their stuff was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah, and so I'm 19, I'm doing the whole conversion therapy thing, uh, which was pretty intense, it was pretty scary. What's, like, one thing you can remember that they made you do? One thing, it, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of, like, about employing exercises, so that whenever my mind started to veer in any sort of gay way, I would do... 20 push-ups, or I would read a scripture verse, and what was fascinating is I was just home recently, and I told you this, Sarah, I, and I haven't told you this yet, I was just home, right, and I um, came across my old journals, oh, no. and I came across some of my journals from while I was in conversion therapy, and one thing I totally forgot was that they made me refer to masturbation as self-abuse, Oh, and so in these journal entries, oh. I'm ripping myself apart, talking about the fact that I was abusing myself yes. and saying, like, I can't believe I did this again. I'm going to fix this. I don't know how to fix this, but I'm going to fix this. Oh. It's bizarre. It's like it feels so surreal to read that and go, oh, man, I was such a scared, scared person. There's so much shame. shame so much shame. Just, I, I really, you know, I, they, a lot of those exercises were designed to do two things, right? To make me ashamed of the things that I was Who doing. Are. And to also make me dive into my past and try to find some evidence of abuse that would have resulted in my same sexual it's feelings, so ins- right? There's people are so insistent that that is something that... that oh, they're convinced that that's I don't get thing. it. It's a whole thing. And so I remember being in... I, I was in conversion therapy for, I don't know, close to six months or something. And... I eventually one day just broke down and I was really, I was having a hard day and I, I decided to pop down the street to a radio shack. Those were still a thing and buy myself a webcam. I hopped on a freaking chat room like I had used to, like I used to do when I was a kid just because I desperately wanted to talk to another guy who understood what I was going through. Started talking to this guy who was in Minnesota who, um, 
uh, we, the goal was just to have one conversation. The next day, I was going to return the camera, and that was going to be done with. It. I was going to go back to therapy, marry a woman, do the whole thing. I continued to talk to this guy. He eventually convinced me to stop the conversion therapy. Um, he eventually convinced me to fly out to Minnesota and see him, and I did. I had sex for the first time, and it was incredible. Um, and then I still convinced that I was going to go back to Utah, get back into therapy, marry a woman. Got back to Utah, and he convinced us to keep talking. Uh, to the point where then we were calling each other boyfriends, to the point where then he uh, convinced me to apply to school where he was going to school in Minnesota, and I did. Wow. And then he convinced me that he bought us a house, and I moved out to Minnesota. We, he was in the closet, I was in the closet. We were together for four years in Minnesota, both in the closet the entire time. I had to have my own room in the house that he bought because we had roommates, and they couldn't know that we were sleeping together. So like uh. he would text me at night and be like, Okay, I think that, you know, she went to bed. You can come down the hall. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's like, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Life is just, yeah. oh. It's crazy. So, yeah. So, that's, that's how, and then eventually, you know, it was my time in Minnesota that, and I'm not with this, this, this human anymore, and I wish him the best, but, um, wow. Well, that's, I mean, um, that's one of the things, that technology has allowed us in so many ways. Like, I think one of the big reasons our generation is the most open and out is because of technology. It allows people to connect in ways that never would have been possible before. Well, because in where I was growing up, I yeah. didn't have anybody, even if there were, and there were other gay individuals in my high school who have since come out, right? Yeah. But at the time, there was no way for us to discuss it. There was no way Ooh. for us to talk about it. We didn't have the tools. Nobody was telling us what these feelings were in a real way. And chat rooms became my opportunity to find that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Can you um, just tell us um, where you are now with your family? Like, oh, yeah. just like the most recent um, conversation that you have had. My family. And is how far they Yeah. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, my family is incredible. And one tricky thing about being, and I'm sure a lot of gay ex-Mormons can relate to this, one tricky thing is that I never wanted my, uh, who I am, to draw some kind of line in the sand between my family and their faith. I respect the fact that their faith is so important to them. I think that faith is beautiful and admirable, right? So my family's incredible, very faithful people. They love their church so much. And so in coming to terms with my own sexuality, I was constantly dancing this line where I was like, at what point do I push them to recognize this in me? Because when I do that, and they do decide to make that effort, that means they're going to have to at some point uh, wrestle yeah. with what the church is telling them, right? Yeah. How do they straddle this line of like, I need to accept my kid, but also accepting my kid means I'm turning my back to my faith, which is something that I hold very close. I never wanted to do that. Yeah. So the coming out thing for me was never really a thing. I didn't ever really do it. It wasn't until I left this guy that I was with for five years and I needed their help that I, you know, I remember breaking down to my mother over the phone and just said, I think I've been in a really unhealthy relationship for five years and I need help. I've got to cut this guy out of my life and I need to run, essentially. And even at that point, my parents wouldn't acknowledge that it was a guy or that it was a five-year relationship, just that they would be willing to help me. So since then, I was just home um, and finally decided to have these conversations, that if the topic came up, I wasn't going to dodge it. There was one point where my dad, uh, we were having a discussion about the upbringing of some of my nephews and my views on that. Mm. And mm. my dad simply said, you don't get to say anything about that since you're never going to have kids. And then he left the room. Oh, no. And I, in my head, I was like, oh, oh shit, God, I don't know. I shouldn't <sighs> say anything. And in the past, I wouldn't have said anything. 
But I was like, nope. I decided that I'm going to make an active effort to engage with them on this stuff. And so my dad came into the room, came back into the room, and I said, Dad, I'm going to have kids. Mm. And he said, what? And I said, you said I'm never going to have kids. I'm going to have kids. If I find the right man, I'm going to adopt kids. And I got quiet for a minute. And then he just said, well, you never seemed interested in it before. Which was incredible because that That's was almost so my good. dad's way of acknowledging <laughs> yeah. that I yeah. would marry a man and potentially adopt kids. So that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Flash forward to later that evening, my mother comes downstairs to talk to me about this conversation. Um, and it eventually, she brings up the fact that she felt this trip that I had been fairly combative politically with my siblings and my aunt. And uh, that I had been, uh, she, she was like, it doesn't feel like you really want to be here. And I looked at my mom and I said, you know, I really don't because I can't be myself here. And uh, she got a little quiet, and, and I was like, and I'm just going to say it. There's an elephant in the room that we won't acknowledge because I don't want to put you at odds with your faith. However, I can't keep compromising who I am every time I come home because I want to be with you guys, and I want to see you guys. But I am finally at a place, and I looked at her with a smile on my face. I said, I'm finally at a place where I really like who I am. Mm. I like the people I've surrounded myself with. I like the way that I see the world now. And I feel good, and I want you to feel good about how I feel good, and I want to be able to talk to you about this. And my mom was incredible. I mean, she she engaged with me, and she was like, for a long time, it was just easier to be in denial. Mm -hmm. We can't do that anymore. We recognize that. And she looked at me and said the one thing that I won't compromise. She said, I will not compromise my relationship with you over this. I just won't do it. I won't lose you. She said, I will not lose you over this. And that was incredible. Yeah. And she said, you know, and, and then she said, uh, you got to be a little patient with us, okay? It took you 20-some-odd years to come to terms with this. It's going to take us some time. She said, your dad, for the first time ever, can say that he has a gay son, which is something that I've never heard. Wow. So she said that, and I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Incredible. And she said, we're figuring this out. It's going to take us a while. And she goes, and as far as the religion thing goes, I'm willing to believe that it's all going to work out. And that's all she said. And she was like, so please be patient with us. Understand that we're learning just like you are. We're figuring this out. It's going to take some time. So if there's anything that I can say to anybody who's experiencing something similar with their family, is that it took you it how long around, yeah. to come to terms with your sexuality. It's going to take them a minute. But the worst thing you can do is stay silent about it. Yeah. You've yeah. got to engage. You've got to be willing to educate. It's scary. And be patient. And be patient. It's yeah. huge. Um, okay, just real quick to oh. wrap things up, I want you to first just in <laughs> in a few what? words, can you please give me an anatomy lesson about a vagina? <laughs> I don't want to. Come on, just just describe it oh, to me in a few words. Okay, in a few quick. words. If I were to like just talk to somebody about the vagina, yeah, tell me what you think it is. The precursor I would give to anybody is like. <laughs> Okay, I don't know how... You're a gold star gay, too. I am a gold star gay. The closest yeah. I've ever come to sex with a woman was uh, Kim in high school. I almost touched Kim. her boob. Kim in that tent. Kim. In that Kim. tent. We were in a tent and her dad was next door and we, I almost touched her boob and then I was like, we can't. Your dad is next door. Um, if I were to describe the vagina to somebody, I would first say, I don't know what I'm doing down there. I need a map. A flashlight, a, a dehumidifier. Whoa! <laughs> you want to dry it? I up? understand that it is cavernous. I understand oh, that it oh is 
there are folds. There are caves, baby. We're there done. caves, there are folds. I understand that it is a living organism that is cleaning itself. Somebody once described it to me as a self-cleaning oven, which I find <laughs> I just absolutely me. vulgar. Um, hey, you came out of one. I know. Don't and forget. I think they're beautiful. Oh, you Also, uh, I would never, ever look one in the eye. Okay. Just, <laughs> in the eye? you would blink first. You were it. I don't I know. I would blink first. All right, all right, the all idea right. of this clit, also, we should talk about this bean. I don't understand what it is. Like that bean? I, I don't know either. I've tried to oh discuss it. I've tried it to hurt? discuss it. Is it flicks a bean? Apparently you don't it's bigger it. sometimes. Apparently it's smaller. It's a I lady don't know boner. if it's out or in. I don't know There's where it's positioned. There's a hood that <laughs> will understand when it needs to open and when it should be closed. Oh, no. Kind of like a, a convertible top. I'm what? confused. Okay, all right, all right. Incredible. Oh, and yeah. then oh. now we're going to wrap this whole thing up this is, yeah. with a quick game of lesbian lingo. Oh, no. You're going to have to guess. Okay. okay. So, Jace, what do you think a pillow queen is? Pillow princess. Okay, so your pillow princess. This is your standard princess in the pea scenario. Oh. Your pillow princess is somebody who will only sleep with a woman if she has large enough breasts for her to rest her head on. Oh. <laughs> so she can get a good night's sleep. Oh, my sleep. God. That's actually pretty incredible. You're, You're wrong. wrong. Hey, okay, great. <laughs> so a pillow princess is, is a lesbian who will only receive. She will not... Yeah. Receive what? Receive what is she sex. Receiving? Like she will, she will only be touched. She, she will not touch you. She won't. Yeah, she's a pillow princess. Because she, she can just can. lay on her pillows all down. Yeah, and, and like oh, you just touch her. She, was, she just won't touch you back. Fascinating. Sounds fun. Yeah. fun, fun. Yeah, the only sound. person a pillow princess would really go well with, I think, is a stone cold butchie. Which will not let you touch them; they will only touch you. That's oh. So called butching the Bill of Princess is a match made. I might have that wrong. Could be that a a I'm gonna look book. this up. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Jace, <laughs> tell me what you think a Janie is. Okay, so your Janie, uh, <laughs> she is your classic poodle skirt wearing, <laughs> heads yeah. wearing, right. high ponytail. Yeah. She is, you know, she's Janie. She's your Susie Q. She's blowing bubblegum in the hallway. classic. She's blowing bubblegum in the hallway. <laughs> wow. She's got a witty remark for it. And she's got a little anecdote every time that you've got something you want to say. I think Janie, she's classic. Yeah. Okay, no, Janie is simply a vagina. They're referring to the vagina as a Janie. I'm going to call it a Janie for the rest of my fucking life. Get in my Janie. Touch my Janie. Get in my Janie. Show me my Janie. Um, Janie. What if you're dating what? a Jane? Yeah, Janie's Janie. Jane. Jane's Janie. Janie's Janie. Janie's Janie. I mean, I It's a Gina. What do we... Janie Gina? I don't know. Janie Gina. Come on down to Janie's Gina's. We'll do some cleaning. We'll make a bad pancake. All right. Jesus Christ. All right. She has scissors all over What do you think a bunch is? A bunch? Mm. Your okay, mm. so your standard funch. Standard funch. Standard your standard funch is when uh, you go down on a woman okay. while telling a joke. So you're munching <laughs> and having fun. It's your funch. <laughs> no. You're going to crack a, a, a knock-knock joke, and before you get to the punchline, you just <laughs> munch on that box. It's no. your punch. Sure, that box. It's, a, uh, it's actually a quick sexual encounter performed after lunch. Oh, sure. Okay. I think that's kind of fun all around. I that could be a funch after lunch. Thing. A funch. I, I might do that. I, mean, um, I would prefer it before lunch. It depends myself. on the lunch. Jace. If I'm having Chipotle, yeah. you're not going You're not getting down there. Uh, That'll be gross absolutely. and spicy. Um, what do you think a uh, Johnson bar is? Okay, a Johnson bar. That's going to be your lesbian who enjoys yeah. sucking on a rubber dildo. 
Okay. Much like, uh, so Johnson's a penis, Johnson bar, I'm picturing the candy bar, I'm thinking the rubber dildo is something that she enjoys to... Yeah, it's just a dildo. It's a dildo. Interesting. You okay. Yeah, it's your Johnson bar. Right. Oh, well, Johnson bar. Step box. on your Johnson bar and get in here. That's my Janie. That sounds like some 1950s era it really it does. It there must be some link. All right, finally, we're going to end on a, uh, oh, we're going to end on this. A real zinger. What's, um, what do you think a Luke is? A Luke. A Luke. Luke is a woman who uh, is interested in the Bible. So she has... <laughs> the Book of Luke. The, the Book of Luke. And so she has grown her hair out to a place that is just unmanageable. Right? <laughs> she's knotted. She's got split ends. And she will look at you and, and she'll, she'll have you in the bedroom and she'll look at you and she'll say, bow down and pray at my feet. Feet, oh, whoa. and let me put my head, my uh, my foot on the back of your neck. What? Oh, you lick my toes and say, "I love you, Luke." Wow, <laughs> it is that is some biblical shit. That is some repressed shit. You need to talk. We've about. Right, we've unpacked. We've been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One uh, more episode. So, right, Thankfully, a Luke one. is. It's it's a little less graphic, but it's it's um the coital fluid in a woman. What the fuck oh, is a coital fluid? It's, it's just like when a woman gets wet. Those juices down there. We need to have a whole. Uh, wait, we need to like, explain, explain this to, to me. You. I don't uh, understand we're gonna what have it means a whole for a woman about to get lesbian wet. Sex. I remember asking Sarah. Yeah, we need to have a one-on-one. What is it about? We're gonna talk about it. Are there I, toys? Is it um, a toy heavy? Jesus toys? Christ! We'll talk about it, boys. <laughs> Just let Mama Mama Bear over here tell you about it. I think I asked you in Louisville once if getting wet was pee, if it was urine. You also, Jason, have asked holes? me before oh, cool. if um, women sneezed when they, if women peed every time they sneezed. Somebody told me that. And I said, no. And then you said, yeah, you do. <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm a woman. I have sneezed before. This was pre-enlightenment days. It was. Jason, Jason was a we brought small him up. boy. It was a small boy. Oh, it, was it was a, a different place. place. It was a different place. Oh, um, we really fucking love you and appreciate yeah, you. Thank you so much. Here. It's so good to tell you. Thank you for sharing your story um, with us. And <sighs> all it. of you little babies out there, you just be patient and kind yeah. and share your, share your fucking share stories. Share your story. Live your truth. Live your Hunties. fucking truth. Um... Yeah, I think uh, that's it. Okay, we that's love you all. Thanks for listening. We have a great day. Goodbye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 You go in to give your girl a kiss in the hall. But instead you find you're kissing her brother Paul. Ma's got a sweater up to her chin. Pa's got a girdle holding him in. Those masculine women and feminine men.